Oh, shit. <laughs> so earlier today, while I was trolling through Instagram, some guy, his Instagram handle is that guy in your seminar, posted a Venn diagram that was pretty fucking epic. And it oh, made me. Oh, I saw that one. Did, did you, you see send that, that I posted over? that? No. So I posted that in my story, right? That's and it was it. it it was very funny because I was I read it and a lot of my officer friends who are majors now they're like I don't know where I fit into this and I'm like all right listen <laughs> you, you you just fit into it period right like yeah. the thing is it's like three types of RV majors and it's like uh, one major thinks that he's good because he made O four his th- on his third look. He uses this single fact to justify giving unsolicited career advice on Twitter. Actually, one hundred percent worthless. Another major, competent on paper, does not care about anybody who isn't signing his OER, his officer evaluation report. Uh, you know he was BZ because he won't shut the fuck up about it. Uh, should have been peered in Ranger School, but will definitely be lying to Congress someday. <laughs> also, prescient based on what happened today. <laughs> and then go on. The third major is actually a good officer. He stands up to the boss, pays the price in long hours to protect the staff. He is the sole reason you haven't burned your HQ to the ground with everyone in it. And then in super small print, it says, you're uh, only ever going to meet one of these. (laughs) And the best is like the overlap, right? Like between the uh, braggadocio 04 and the competent on paper one, it says we'll be a battalion commander as long as he maintains a pulse. (laughs) That's the overlap. (laughs) Between the braggadocio major and the competent major, it says loves to brag about having a cot in his office. (laughs) Also accurate. Also accurate. Competent major and competent on paper majors commonality is both talk endless shit about each other in front of the entire staff. Yes, that might be (laughs) the most accurate. Also accurate. And then the middle is amazing because the middle, they all meet together. It says uh, publicly insists he's staying in because he loves the army, but his spouse quit her job when he was a lieutenant and he has four kids. You're not fooling anybody, pal. (laughs) <laughs> I need to send that to a few people. Well, it's funny because I, all I, majors. I posted this just initially kind of in good fun, but also because I feel like it was semi-relevant to like life in general. It's, you know, the truth masquerades behind comedy, right? 100%. And then I turned on CNBC and I saw... <laughs> General Milley um, and uh, SecDef Austin and um, what was the Marine General's name? I think it was McKenzie. McKenzie. That's the one. Yeah. And McKenzie being interviewed and watching them being interviewed triggered the fuck out of me after Did reading you, that meme. Were you just I was looking like, at the TV and looking at the meme and <laughs> trying to assign yeah. one to each guy? <laughs> but no, I mean, like these generals, these Four-star generals and former four-star generals are literally these majors, right? You just got to pick who is what, yeah. Well, then I start ranting on my Instagram about these fucking guys. Not specifically these guys, 
But as I'm doing slide by slide on my rant, I suddenly realize that there's this huge disconnect with everyone. Like from I, I've always known there is a disconnect between the civilian sector and the military about what is uh like an effective soldier or service member or whatever. Yeah. And then I realize that all of the people who look up to the military see certain attributes of people and think that they are heroic or brave. And all of these officers are emulating the same characteristics that they think they're supposed to be emulating that make them brave, but they're really just spineless, attention-seeking, cowardly fucks. Well, not all of them. Oh, hey, so you'll meet one who isn't. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. I'm like, refer to the meme. Are, but, you, are but, you allowed so, to talk like this since you're still in the natty guard? So I'm or, an M. Are you going to get <laughs> not let off active duty next time you get on active duty? Like the I'm, Marine Lieutenant Colonel who tried to resign. Well, and there lies the joy, right? Is I was sitting there going, hey, man, all of these people, like, if we, we watch the Just news don't today, name names. well, everybody's mad about the generals testifying about the failure in Afghanistan. But the same people that are mad about that are looking up to this guy who I'll name him because he's in the brig, Stuart Scheller. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll name him. He's never going to hear this. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's in detention right now. Right. Uh, if he was smart, he would acquire the same attorney that Eddie Gallagher got. Because <laughs> I'm not going to lie. If I ever murder my ex-wife, I am 100 percent. I hope going... can edit that out. <laughs> no, the, the point is well made. If I'm guilty of something, I am getting Tim Parlatore to represent me. You know what I mean? Like, uh, dude, when, gonna... I was at, when I was at first recon, it was like every fucking dude that got a DUI got the same exact uh, DUI attorney. I think I want to say he was uh, either he was somehow connected to the dude who represented Michael Jackson's doctor. I don't know who that is. It may have been the same guy or somehow affiliated. I don't remember the dude's name, but it was hilarious because a dude was not get John, a DUI. It's not Johnny Cochran, right? No, a dude <laughs> would get a fucking DUI and call like the last dude who got the DUI and be like, what was that fucking lawyer's name? <laughs> well, you motherfuckers tried to link me up with the sharkiest shark divorce attorney ever when I, Kim and I were splitting up. <laughs> Did we, uh, dude, she's well, the unofficial. What's her name? Rachel? Yeah. She's yeah. the unofficial Marsoc divorce attorney. Dude, I called her and she's like, I got a lot of experience in this. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. And she's like, how, she's like, how bloody do you want to get? And I was like, well, Jesus, not really. <laughs> like I called you because I just don't want to lose everything. She's like, no, we should go after her. And I'm like, I, I feel like this isn't the right fit. <laughs> uh, dude, I hooked her up with one, one. So she was a member at my gym when we had the gym. And uh, one of the guys was like, hey, man, you know, like we're sitting around the team room. Hey, man, anybody know a divorce attorney? And I'm like, actually, yeah, I do. So I plugged her in. And it's uh, like she she is unofficially the Marsoc divorce attorney, which keeps she's pretty rad. Very employed, I think. But uh, my favorite was a, a buddy was he knew he was 
like gonna get a divorce, but his wife and him hadn't had the talk yet. But he's like, I know, man, I, I know this fucking, story. He's like, I gotta bat down the hatches. Uh, he's like, can you hook me up with that chick that's like the fucking the G of Marsox, you know, divorces? I'm like, yeah, man, I got you. So I hit her up, and she's like, uh, what's his name? I told her, she's like, I can't, she's like, I can't represent him. I'm like, you have to drop his wife. She's like, I, I can't say that I'm representing her, but I can say that I can't represent him. Like, so I called him <laughs> back and I told him and he just goes, fuck. Oh, hang on. This is the same dude that then cashed in his retirement fund and went to Vegas, right? No, two different guys. <laughs> This dude, he actually got off like pretty easy. His wife did really well. So she basically slid him a paper and was like, sign this. I'm taking all this shit that's like worth something that you don't give a fuck about. And you're keeping everything that's worth something that I don't give a fuck about. And see you later. You get to keep the jet skis. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. You can oh, keep man. the pontoon boat and your fishing poles. Have fun. So we can joke about this. But these are all very rational fucking approaches to life problems, right? And what gets me uh, is that in the scope of me bitching about this whole fucking major meme, I suddenly realized that, like, not only the all of the officers that are that are acting out this kabuki theater, where, like, they all seemingly watched movies that made them think about, like, how they're supposed to act. Like, they want to be dick winners, but they're really the fucking Schwimmer character. Well, who, what was David Schwimmer's name? You know, it's like, yeah. hey, man, I have to go burn some classified trash. You men take care of it. And I'm laughing because I'm sitting here going, but the American populace still buys the narrative of the tortured hero. It's why Eddie Gallagher's still fucking a darling of the right wing. It's why Marcus Luttrell is still a fucking darling. It's like, hey man, if you get ahead of a bad story and you tell an overt lie and you stick to it long enough, America's gonna love you. And I honestly feel like Stuart Scheller, who is currently in the brig and should probably be committed, he's like having a mental breakdown in real time on YouTube in front of us. And yet America's like, hey man, this dude's a hero. And I'm like, okay, but what did he do? He was running a training battalion. He's not fucking like in the middle of what should be a rest and relaxation command. He's busy getting on YouTube and like disparaging the entire system. Well, and I it's think not that's just battalion. That's probably going to be his only battalion command that he gets, right? You only really get one in most cases. I don't know. I so mean, if that's what he gets, I mean, that's where he's got to have his Medal of Honor moment, you know? <laughs> well, it's funny because, like, I don't, Maybe I don't know what the trigger was. We just don't know. I mean, I, I he doesn't. I'm looking at his ribbon rack right now. <laughs> he has a BSM for meritorious service, and I wish I could see the write-up because I'm certain it's for being good at PowerPoint. Yeah. Had the, had the appropriate rank on a joint rotation. Exactly. Was excellent at PowerPoint earns the bronze star was, it's was kinda, rank appropriate on a deployment kind of kind of like being the maneuver commander of a of a brigade or whatever and 
and get oh, a fucking oh. silver star out of it. <laughs> Shot across the bow. I so don't know. Can the about. army do that to you? Because you're half in, half out. Like, could they trap no, you in the army? Because that's what they did long, to this dude, right? He was like, I resign. And they're like, fuck you. No, you don't. He, to be fair, this is not. I, I'm pretty sure he's not a reservist. He's an active. No, no, he's, a, he's active. But I'm asking for, because you're in the, the Natty Guard. I'm and not. And you have a whole other weird set of roles, right? Uh, the rules apply to me like everyone else when I'm wearing a uniform. That's what I mean. But can they keep you in uniform? So, like, if you're you're not in a uniform now, you're not on orders. If you're like, fuck the police, you know, and start getting crazy. <laughs> you mean you mean like I am all the time? <laughs> yeah. uh, but if if you start saying crazy shit about like army generals, the next time you put a uniform on, can they hold you accountable for that? I'd like to think that the things that we're really railing about right now are institutional ineffectiveness and ineptitude. And I don't think that old Lloyd Austin's slick enough in the britches to catch me when I'm wearing a fucking National Guard uniform. <laughs> I'm more because it would be great content for us if you got arrested. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you're going to be sneaking in an iPhone in your prison pocket. You'll be doing live streams from the fucking brig. Dude, Dude you guys great. think it was impressive that I learned how to do box jumps again after ACL surgery. Wait till you see me beat the shit out of somebody with a lunch tray in the fucking... In the, and it'll be recorded live. Like, somehow Brian's going to get put in the brig with you just to record your fucking bullshit. And the, the real joy is going to be when the big albino just fucks me in the butt. And we make all of them. We make all the money off gay porn we never thought we'd make. We have to switch the live stream away from Instagram and straight to YouTube. Like, so Doug just started his career as a cam girl while he's in the fucking brig. In, in the brig. Yeah. So I believe, and I could be totally wrong, because at no point in this, luckily for me, my friend was the one who brought to everyone's attention that I'm still in the National Guard. Oh, my God. No, you're good. I'm not wearing a uniform. None of my opinions are representative of Is the that guard. the disclaimer? Is that like the 1099 loophole right there? I'm pretty sure that that's the 1099 loophole. That sounds like the 1099 <laughs> loophole to me. But I think um, it's worth noting that, like, hey, man, Based on based on experience alone, anecdotally, I think we should be able to call these guys out. We're not talking about a military chain of command anymore. We're talking about the fact that like we have guys who have a fiduciary and and a uh, I mean, really truthfully, I hate to say this because it's gay, but a moral obligation to the population. I think fiduciary is incorrect. It is not when you think about the fact that we spent $3 trillion on the war. Oh, I thought we were still talking about, uh, what's his name, Scheller, the guy who's... No, I mean, all of it goes a mental to... mental breakdown. But all of it goes to Colonel Scheller, which is to say, he could have made... I mean, who knows if he was going to make Fulbert or not. But if he just shut his mouth and colored, he probably had a decent chance at 06. But that kind of goes counter to the whole point, right? So he thought – so what I would say in, in his circumstances, like good initiative, bad judgment. Do you think so or do you think that he thought he might be leveraging a future political play after he resigned his commission and the Marine Corps let him go? Uh, Maybe. I, I mean I'm watching his shit and he may have thought he was going to start a revolution – I mean, he did say he going to take the system yeah. down. Rick, <laughs> right. Rick. Like, he may, and when I say good initiative, I mean, 
admirable in some degree. Like you can respect the idea that he thought he was going to take the system down. Just really bad judgment because it's like, dude, you're a lieutenant colonel. He ain't taking shit down at I mean, a, at a it, training battalion at that. He's literally like, he's the enlisted equivalent of an E5. Yeah, I mean, he's the E5 that fired off a paper to the CG about, like, the chow hall isn't great and thought he's going <laughs> to fix shit. And now he's like, man, I don't know why I'm making big rocks into little rocks. Super weird. Um, yeah. I, I just don't – I don't know. Clearly, there's a line to toe here, right, which is if you're in the military, you have an obligation to follow orders – but you also have an understanding of like what the like laws of land warfare are and what general good protocol is to make a difference. So like internally it's, this is kind of like, I know what I can do versus what I should do. Also somewhere in the middle exists a line that you can tow that says, Hey, I'm going to call into question the things that are going on. I'm going to make a genuine difference by influencing other people's opinions, as opposed to being like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get on Fox News and I'm going to tell the world well, that. So like, therein lies the problem. And this is some total sea lawyer shit. But I assume that there's an official channel where a enlisted man can ask questions, right? He can run shit up the flagpole to a degree. No? I mean, I we've guess. got no channels for that. We have an open door policy with our commanders, which is really just a Well, you can request mass in. as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I thing. guess it depends on what we're talking about. I mean, I can what, what I'm saying is if, if you when you fucking you burn your world down and you're like, fuck you, I quit, which is basically what this guy did and launched this YouTube campaign. You can't really affect anything, right? Especially not for future generations. But if you can see how fucked up that was and go, you know what? When I am uh, have stars, I'm not going to be that fucked up. Then you can actually affect something, I guess, is the argument, right? At this point, it's not like he quit over an unlawful order. No, no, no. I mean, the best part is like he quit over calling for accountability on a thing where there's like, hey, guess what? Those dudes are currently being interviewed by Congress. Now, it's highly partisan and ridiculous. Yeah, that's a dog and pony. But what you ask for, you're getting. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, but my point is you didn't have to quit to ask for that. No. It's and not, even better, it wasn't a question well, you had to pose and then leave. We should actually wind that back. Because, like, you know how I said he's kind of the equivalent of an E5? Yes. If an E5 did the same thing this guy did, he'd find his bags in the hallway, no disability, no retirement, and they'd just be like, well, bye. You know? I don't and, even think they would kick him out. But this I think dude, it'd be worse. He'd be in fucking, well, this guy's in the brig. This guy didn't get kicked out either. This guy... Well, they kept him in. That's the hilarious thing is they're like, "Uh, no, you're not getting out. He submitted his resignation and and the Marine Corps was like, nah, I think we've got got a few things for you. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of fucked up, but it's also hilarious. You know, you thought he he thought he was dropping the microphone and some dude walked back and was like, "Uh, hey, man, I'm I'm actually just going to take this microphone. But I can see why people without situational awareness would see this and be like, what a brave guy. He's standing up for what he believes in. But I want to put out in the universe that his year group is full of people that I'm friends with who are his friend ostensibly. Right. Right. And when this was developing, those people who I know 
and respect are reaching out to him and they're like, hey, man, can we help you? You are clearly <laughs> having like you're having a moment, right? Like what's going on in your life? We're friends. Can you talk to me? Can you like can just help me understand why you're doing what you're doing? And he was like, yeah, man, like this is the hill I'm dying on. Uh, go fuck yourself. I don't care about I don't care about like mental health. If you think I'm the one that's fucked up, you're the one that's fucked up. Like, you know, the system's broken. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to bring it down one brick at a time. I don't need help. And like, man, the people that I'm talking about, like, I'm a pretty I'm a pretty hair and fire dude. And if if I know somebody in the Marine Corps that and I'm like, well, you're you're a company man, but you're a thoughtful company man, <laughs> you know, like like your your intentions are pure and you care about your peers and you want to help other people if they call a dude who knows that about them and he's like middle finger to the law i hate all of you like you don't know what's going on right this dude's losing his brain like he's he's literally had a psychotic episode like it's not weird that the that the marine corps didn't release him it's certainly not weird that they didn't credit what he had to talk about but people look at him and they're like this is the this is the next senator Senator Scheller. And I'm like, man, you want to put all these people in office and then you want to complain when they do crazy, irrational, self-serving things like, no, nah, man, you elected those people. Do you think this dude had a political he, he's had some like inside joke stuff on his posts like, oh, I'm back in I think it's back in the bus. Those that know, know. I'm like, man, if, you, if you're like living out of a fucking bus. And your friends know he, he that. was he was living out of a bus. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna assume you don't have some lofty expectations <laughs> to be a fucking senator after that or a congressman. Well, I'll actually i'll I'll tell you a personal anecdote uh, that is not. I'm not naming any fucking names, but I knew a dude. Is this when we was, find out that your house is actually your? No, and you, you've got a you, green screen behind you to like no. mimic a home office. <laughs> you know this guy. Uh, and so I'm not naming any names like you and I can talk about it offline, but I'm talking about it for the podcast. But I mean, I would really love to see this guy actually get medical attention because there's a fair chance that he has some sort of brain cancer. Like oh. I, I know another dude who literally lost his mind as an 04. I mean, he was a genuinely good natured guy who like pulled a gun on his commander, like had crazy stuff going. When you said trailer, this dude was living in a single wide, like a seventies single wide in the middle in the woods and like he was a happy family man and like left his wife and kids to just shack up like ted kaczynski in the woods and like yeah yeah, but i mean no i mean like he was diagnosed with brain cancer and died within like three weeks like it was it was just a crazy like late diagnosis type fucking deal and so when i see people acting like this i don't like first of all it's clearly a mental disorder it's not a brave act but secondly, what caused it? Like this guy clearly, he made it to lieutenant colonel. And I don't know if that's an implication on the promotion system or if it's just that he's having some sort of like synapse right now. This man has a great runtime, lieutenant colonel. <laughs> 22 pull-ups, promote ahead of peers. Yep. Like, yep, I get it. But I mean, I'm just kind of mystified in general as to the disconnect and i don't know if it's because for the last 20 years we created 
a lot of artificial space between the people who are doing the war fighting and the people well, so who I are here in the United talk States. To this, talk about this specifically, uh, uh, the right way to phrase it. Basically, the people you're going to see are not going to be, and I'm not excluding you and I, we are also pieces of shit, but the people you're going <laughs> to see and be able to hear from and touch when you're not in that organization are not going to be the best. Your best dudes are not going to be on YouTube ranting and raving. They're not going to do the political career after. It's just not going to happen, man. Like, think about the best dude you know as a warfighting leader and mentor. Like, dude, that that guy isn't on a fucking podcast to listen to you to a bitch. You know what I mean? So I think part of it is people are attaching to the best turd that they can. I mean, and again, I don't wrong. exclude us from this. No, you're not wrong. I mean, I, I just laugh because like I still might see myself. I meet guys that I knew in the Q course, and I'm all like, "Hey, man, apologies for who I was back then." <laughs> you know, like I've come a long way, but I'm still kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, but I was a real piece of shit back then. Right. Um, I don't. It's a weird. So this is a very odd double-edged sword. I think there are quality guys out there presenting the regiment in a good light i think that they're in public in the public eye yeah but i think they're open don't get me down that road so first so first and foremost i will say this unequivocally i actually think pat mack is a good representation of the unit like pat's a weird character but pat is a super professional instructor he keeps it pretty clean. He hasn't talked about anything operational across the board. He's not in bad standing at the unit. Now, does he make a lot of dudes fucking annoyed? So, but this yeah. is my point. So if you if you know everybody from that organization, you're going to say he's the best they've got? No. No. But You I can say he's so, not a bad representation, but, but my we point don't know is that, you're not going to get the best. But we don't know that. Your point, I'm actually not arguing your point. Because what's funny is I get messages all the time. Uh, an old mutual friend of ours came into my radar again last week. Um, someone who works at a fairly prominent AR-15 manufacturing company hit me up asking some questions about someone that we both know. And I was like, everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. <laughs> Period. That's how it is. Like, I mean, like, if you accept that, you can deal with him. Yeah. But I was like, just understand everything he says at its core, is fundamentally a lie. And it's based on the fact that he's super insecure about who he is and what he accomplished. Therefore, he has the lie because he doesn't like himself. Yeah. And when he put when he's in a corner, he will fuck anybody for fucking five bucks. Like, well, and five dollars is five dollars. <laughs> but you have to understand that, right? Like, people are like, I don't understand. I like this guy. He seemed like a pretty good dude. He had some demons. Well, what were the demons? Well, I don't know. He cheated on his wife all the time. He was kind of an alcoholic. He recreationally used drugs. And, and he, he kicked his like, fucking dog. Yeah, he didn't yeah. seem like he had a lot of friends. Well, those all seem like pretty good indications that he was not a stable person, right? <laughs> and then and then they're like, but I don't understand why he took me for $30,000. And I'm like, well, I do. It's because the dude only gives a fuck about himself. Yep. And what people fail to understand in soft we select for a very particular person and it's a person. uh, So it's a particular kind of sociopath. (laughs) It's a sociopath that hasn't eaten human flesh 
but is kind of okay with the idea of eating human flesh. It's like, hey, we want a guy who's like kind of skating the line. He doesn't beat women, but he also really resents the fact that women tell him what to do for most of his life. (laughs) (laughs) So like when we talk about the fine line, I don't know what it is. I'm not a fucking psychiatrist, right? But I do know for certain we take evaluations and I don't think that the evaluations are to make sure that we're perfect. The evaluations are to ensure that we're perfectly broken. Yeah, I think it's I don't think it's to make sure you're perfectly broken. I think it's simply to make sure that you're not Charles Manson and that's as far as they go. (laughs) That might be true. If we hand this dude a gun and a bag of money, is he going to kill a shitload of people he should not? No, should I don't not fucking hand him the gun and the money then. <laughs> um, it's just, it's really interesting in general because you're right. Like all of these guys are not the finest representation. No. But also, but if we were to pick, if you and I went through the list of the top five dudes we knew, not one is a them, public figure. No, none, but none of them could be. But I, so I think the attributes that make you good at uh, being in the military in a combat profession, like good at soldiering, are directly uh, those am I, am I attributes. About to take this comment personally. <laughs> yeah, they're they're directly at odds with being a public figure. I don't. I'm not sure they're mutually exclusive on the white side. I think that I think if on all sides they are mutually exclusive. I don't. You would actually... be a better soldier. One, if you're full time, because you're fucking halfway crook. <laughs> Two, if that was your sole focus. Um, you're a hundred percent accurate. Yeah, no, you're right. You're 100%. right. I, it's worth noting that I thought I could make this career a full time career for the first like ten years I was in the military, which is why I chased every fucking deployment that came down the line, every fucking school. I mean, honestly. My op tempo during my first like eight or nine years were higher than active duty guys just because I was like, I have to work. And as yeah, a guard yeah. guy, if there's a lot of guard guys working, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so like I did that. And at the time, I think I was probably at the top of my game as far as like being deployed, dealing with that bullshit. There's a lot to learn again. When I went back in 18, I was like, I'm really grateful that this is a Title 22 State Department thing because, like, it's not that I'm going to miss a step because I'm still doing shit, but also, like, I'm better than I ever was in terms of, like, judgment and, like, do like because of experience, I feel better. Well, experience but what's and interesting maturity, right? is that, like, my dedication to martial skills <laughs> to like, I'm like, Hey man, so we're going to hit the range once a week. I'm in the gym five days a week, but really this is gym tan laundry deployment. So don't fuck with me. <laughs> you know, like I, I'm here to meditate, read books, work on softly shit. You know what I mean? Like, right. Well, so hitting on that point, if you are a really good dude, become a really good leader, like you're really good, saw gunner that becomes a really good squad leader yep. that becomes a good platoon sergeant to move up that i am of the opinion you have to be doing what's right for you know the mission and the boys at every step of the way and not worrying about who gets the credit because there's going to be times where it's like private fuckface had this really good idea 
And if I take credit for that really good idea, it's going to look good on my NCOER. But I'm not. I'm going to give the credit to Private Fuckface. And that's the dude you, you need. Not to say that a guy in the limelight can't be that guy. But if you're a guy who enjoys the limelight, some of so the shit you're going to do is to be in the limelight. We're in a very interesting sidebar. I think that this goes back to what I was originally talking about, about how I feel like the culture amongst officers is bankrupt to its core, because what you're talking about is cultural shaming. If you rat fuck MREs, if you try to, if so hypothetically say this private first class keys wetter is pulling security on a 240, which is an ideal pillow. Right, like Indeed you can, it is. You, That's the most comfortable pull, pillow you've ever had. You can pull security on a two forty and still sleep and look like you're pulling security. But on every other weapon system, if you're trying to sleep on an M four or a two four nine or whatever, like you kind of well, you got props, tell. man, to like hold that thing up. You know? <laughs> you're just yeah, really like, behind that glass. Shit's gonna fall over, right? Yeah. So like. You're, it's in this this weird deal, though, because everyone knows what's going on. Like, if some guy gets caught sleeping on the ORP, like the objective rally point um, of a fucking patrol, everyone else in the platoon, everyone else in the squad, whatever, kicks the shit out of the guy. They're like, what? wake the fuck up. That's some no, army I mean, like, shit, bro. Well, I mean, they're like, no, I mean, like, just like, not like... I don't mean like rompel stomp, like hazing. I mean, like, yo, dude, wake the fuck up. We're all going to get shit on. If you get caught sleeping, this isn't this, like an so here. This is the fundamental difference I think between Marine and Army is in a Marine situation. Everybody's like, "Fuck it, we go sleep." <laughs> like we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna steal that fucking sleep. So we've we've had those talks. Don't get me wrong. My yeah. point is specifically when you know you're being evaluated, and I guess that's a Spotlight Ranger thing in itself, right? Yeah, it's 100%. like yo, dude. Don't fucking make us look bad. So, like, people shame somebody. But the officers don't pull other officers aside and say, you make us look bad. Stop doing that. Like, if a guy cheats on his uh, wife. They don't? A, no, dude, if a, dude. Here's the thing. If an NCO cheats on his wife and the wife fucking reports to the chain of command, that dude's getting roasted. If an officer cheats on his wife, has bastard love children, and don't like, don't get me started. I'm literally sitting here going, man, I got a fucking hundred examples of fucking officers that do the wrong thing, and nobody calls them on it. They always say, well, his private life is his private life. And you're like, no, man. If you'd started shaming that dude when he was cold cocking fat chicks at the local <laughs> bar when he was a lieutenant, like, and I don't mean like, oh, having sex with, I mean like just straight anger, like, like, hey, I'm going to punch her in the face. You say the way she looked at me, like, I know lieutenant, like, dude, the drunk lieutenants are the well, worst. We're talking about humans. two different things here. Also, I feel like that is rank and unit dependent. Like, if yeah, you're, 100%. if you're if the only guys I've seen that were above an E4, yeah, E4, they got in trouble for any of that stuff you're talking about. It had to be so fucking outlandish and wild that there was no way they couldn't punish the guy or it was going to make the news. So you're talking about regular training schedule, too. In a lot of ways, I'm thinking about the Q course where it doesn't really matter what your rank is. Everybody's a peer in some capacity. Right. So like because you're taking your rank off during a certain portion during selection, E4s feel very okay, so here, parallel. Here's what I will say what I have 
scene is in those courses, uh, at least at, you know, Marsoc Recon, the officers would drag each other through more than a dude, more than the enlisted dudes. So, like, if you got two ship, there are two officers, one is shit hot and the other is a shit bag, the shit hot one will drag the shit bag through, whereas on the enlisted side, yeah, you may help a buddy out that's a, you know, generally proficient and struggling in one area, but if a dude is a shit sandwich, you're like, man, get this fucking guy away from me. Dude, so I, I will agree causing, to a degree. Uh, yeah, if a dude's causing other dudes to fail, he's out, right? Yeah, or just a, like a general liability. I never, um, so I've always been competent in the pinch. I've always been there technically and tactically, but I always got shit on during the course because I made rash decisions that could have cost other we, people. We all know you have terrible judgment. <laughs> well, I have really fast judgment. It doesn't always mean it's terrible. I will make 50 I will 50 see, shot. I see a split in the road and I accelerate into the wrong fucking split. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yep. But I, I was mean, talking to somebody is... about that today, actually. I used to pride myself on like snap decision making. Like I'm just fucking <laughs> left or right, right? And we're sticking to it, right? Like I I'm am fucking ca- making the call. I am really committed. <laughs> yeah, 100% committed to this right-hander. And now I fucking pride myself in being like, okay, how much time do we have to figure this out? I'm going to take all of the allotted time to figure this fucking thing out. Dude, I'll ask for extra time turn. now. I'm like, right. hey, uh, we haven't consulted enough. I'm gonna uh, need- we need more time. We need some directions, a little input, a little better paint in this scenario, if you will. Can I get a little One, 100%. But, you know, like, the thing is, there's something to be said about young us acting super decisively on bad information because that's what you have to do in combat. Um. So I I agree to a point, but I would I'm say... I'm not talking about before act, you Acting off. decisively is a little different than acting hastily. Uh, we're, but we're, gonna, think, we're way off the reservation here. But are we? Because we're still talking about the fact that, like, judgment and and culture are dictated internally. So when you have an officer who drags another officer along, even though he's subpar, you're suddenly talking about, it's just a weird, it's almost like an inmate attitude. Like, officers are in the same punishment together. So they help well, each other. you also have years where, years in the last probably 10 of the last 20 years where success was measured by not fucking up, right? Like you had a, you had dudes come into command and their whole goal was to ride that fucking two year or four year spell out without getting too many fucking DUIs from the boys and not having anybody kill a hooker and boom, they could move on to the next assignment. That's a fucked up way to lead troops. Well, it's also worth talking. Like one of the things I bitched about in my rant today was I was like, dude, these guys, like, this is a, this is not a sidebar, but it is a point to which where it's like, hey, man, there's no end state for the global war on terror. Like, oh, you mean we're going to finally end Islamic terrorism or like Islamo-fascist you know, ideology? No. And the best part is because people knew that there wasn't a clear end state that they could state. They just didn't state any in-state at all. So, like, there's no, like, oh, we're bringing Well, but they didn't admit that either, right? It was not. 
No. Hey, we're going to stay here fucking forever, and when you want to get your jihad on, this is where you come do it. Yep. Well, Ca- but- Cash me outside. <laughs> we're sitting here talking about this culture of guys who are so first of all they're they're either they're either helping each other or preying on each other one way or another and rather than regulating themselves with no in-state that means they have no real guidance to give the men so they give super nebulous left and right limits to ncos and we're all fucking like we're worker ants like it's a group of people that i mean most of us have college degrees. If you look at SOCOM, the most recent like right. software life study, it was like 75% of NCOs have fucking four-year degrees in right. soft. Yeah. And you're going, hey, man, like this is a dude who wants to do something. He stayed an NCO with a college degree because he enjoys building things, doing things. And without clear guidance to an in-state, NCOs are just going to act. They're going to be like, it's an ant farm at that. Yeah, man, we, we have to build it higher. We got to do these things. We have to like be productive. So now they're working with no guidance from leadership whatsoever. And leadership is just hoping that whatever it is that the, the worker ants build, it's not something that the queen hates. (laughs) You know, it's like, (laughs) like, Hey, just build a thing. We don't care what it is. We are going to spend countless hours trying to craft whatever you build into commander's intent. And you're like, but then the commander is like, I don't even know what my intent is because nobody gave me an end state. Right. So within the officer corps, you have people migrating from empty job to empty job and they are not fulfilled because their job isn't actually accomplishing anything. It's like, so you are the S3 at a, whatever position like okay you're an operations guy are you the s1 you're the s2 who cares you were in some weird staff job where you showed up for countless meetings a week for a senior officer who you were praying was going to give you a good review all the while he doesn't know what he's doing either he's in an empty position he's like yes this is my command but it's not the command i wanted and I'm just trying to check that box man we ran out of commands, so we tagged maneuver to the end of deputy, and we gave an extra one to somebody. Now you really fucking check that block. And I'm going, man, no wonder these dudes hate their jobs. They hate each other. They hate their subordinates. They say they don't, but their actions indicate differently. And then you got guys like Stuart Scheller who just is like, I'm over it. I'm above this. I'm better than it. I've seen dudes who were at training commands, who were solid-ass NCOs that went to OCS for their families, that burned their careers to the ground, standing on their quote-unquote morals because they didn't want to sign off on a trans man graduating OCS. Like, I'm not going to put this... That's a very specific example you're saying. It is a very specific example. Some dude named Tom is going to call you like, bro, what the (laughs) fuck? You talked about my shit. But, I mean, he retired – he went from being an O3E with a pretty good retirement. He retired as an E7. Yeah. He was a prior enlisted dude, and he was like, nah, man, I'm not going to compromise my morals. And I'm like, cool, Didn't want trannies man. in the officer corps? Did, but it's so ridiculous because the people that he didn't want to sign commissions for had met the standard. Yeah, that's absurd. It's like so, like, their hair is short, and they tell you they're a dude. 
Like, who cares? They met the standard. It should alleviate all the things that you were bitching about women being in the military before this. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) (laughs) it's perfect. That chick has a dick. Sign it. Well, and the, (laughs) the other thing that I don't get is that all of these guys who are still making policy are publicly saying, I was wrong on this. I was wrong on this other thing. I was wrong on this other thing. Like, like I read David Galula too, David Galula too much. Um, and I thought that that was a good, like good way to approach the war or alternately, uh, I was against don't ask, don't tell, but I was wrong. It didn't mean anything. And then I really wasn't for women in combat jobs, but I guess they're proving me wrong there too. And you're like, Hey, how many more times could you be wrong? If I was this wrong, I'd be a local weather guy. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I bet that's a super competitive career field. (laughs) <laughs> to be wrong all the time no, being a local weather guy <laughs> yeah exactly being wrong all the time <laughs> i mean yeah it's it's one of those things when somebody cites these this crazy amount of experience in the gwat i'm like yeah but eh? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, i'm playing another... too but like we didn't win but it's another reason why i really only respect lower echelon people in the GWAT because like the only people actually doing anything were O4 and below or E8. Yeah, you're talking about in tactical song. level actors, not but that strategic level decision makers. That is a really so that is an excellent point. And I actually think we have time to address it. We do. We've got 54 do, minutes. Do we think so I'm going to lay out some army bullshit or military bullshit. Are you going to do it for the chess boards? Yeah, for the listeners, they don't understand the operational snowman or the, uh, you know, the operational snowman, which is like. At Marsoc, we have three chess boards because we're so smart. We all play chess. (laughs) (laughs) On three levels. (laughs) On three levels. But you have like tactical shit. You have operational shit. And you have strategic shit. Yes. And something that was really that has been hitting me for a while now is colonels and above love to pretend that they're like strategic influencers where like, oh, because I'm a 06, I am involved in strategic decision making. I'm increasingly convinced that everyone in the DOD who is four star general down is at the operational or strategic level. I mean, I'm sorry, at the operational or tactical level. And that there is no one in DOD who is actually at a strategic level because theater command for like a four-star still doesn't involve strategic decisions. It only involves maneuvering elements in in that battle space. You're not making coordinating decisions that influence the overall greater global war on terror, right? So, like, even if you're a CENTCOM commander, you're still not actually, like, making strategic decisions because... I think they're making DOD's... strategic strategic decisions. doesn't mean they're making the right decisions, right? And that's the argument is that the, the tactical can bleed all the way up to, to the strategic. So, but you have people who are supposed to be, is it strategos? Is that the word? Strategos. Like, uh, s- s- strat- I think it's strategizers. Yeah, strategizers. <laughs> this is great. But we strategizer. Have, we, have, uh, we have these guys who, 
are supposed to be making those higher level decisions based on a higher intent. This is what nesting is, right? Like when we talk about a nested mission, it's supposed to be that all the way down to the tactical level, commanders are supposed to nest to orders above themselves, which means if there's six orders above you, it's still going to fit into the, st the strategic picture. All of this is very in-depth to say what you're saying is that if if a guy like Stan McChrystal, I'll use that as an example, because Stan McChrystal's mythology was that he was an operator, that he was like, you know, around during the tough times. He was with the boys. Whether it's true or not is irrelevant. He created that mythology on his own. Yes. But that desire to be a tactician, to be involved in like the minutiae on the battlefield, not the battle space, bleeds up. So you have a guy who's a logistician who has always worked in fucking staff jobs who like blood and guts, muddy soldiers revile because he's a rear echelon motherfucker. But the reality is he knows how to move the pieces that are necessary to make a war happen. But he wants to be viewed as one of the boys. So now all of his decisions are being made tactically. So it's like someone said, we we fought 21 year wars. Yes. Like every year, yeah, the every war time regrouped. a command changed, it was like, we're going to win. It was uh, and you, it was yeah, war machine over and over and over. Yeah, but you didn't have a strategist, right, who showed up and was like, oh, I talked to the last strategist. I believe that we're on some sort of forward trajectory. So, like, technically... Well, you, you had to show this weird progress. Otherwise, you were fucking fired or out or whatever you want to call it, right? Or just shit on. That's yes, really hard but, to do at times. Th but the, this is the catch, right? Is if four-star generals were actually worried about the strategy, the overall strategy of the effort, which involves civil military operations, diplomacy, State Department, all of those working pieces, if you were actually committed to that, there would be a clear directive from the president, the commander-in-chief about such things, which would allow the generals to then make a more clear... It's not like we just were like, well, we're going to Europe and we're going to beat the Nazis. And we're going to Japan and we're going to be there by 1948, you know? <laughs> like, okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's an in-state. But I mean, one of the issues is going to be just in the way the military promotes. So we've all seen that dude who was a phenomenal, I'm just going to make this super simple. He was a phenomenal saw gunner. And then he gets promoted to squad leader or whatever the fuck that is in your branch of service. And this dude is an idiot. Yep. But he was great at the job he had before, and now he's an incompetent fucking moron. The problem is, you're always going to have that. You're going to, what? what is the phrase? You're going to rise to the... The cream rises. Or your no, it's like occasion. you're going to rise to the limit of your, not experience, capability, right? Rise to the limits of your capability. I don't know if that's actually the phrase, but that's what I'm getting at. Is you're basically going to get promoted until you suck. And once you've hit that job where you suck at that, that's where you're not going to get promoted, right? You're like, well, fuck, you outran your headlights. We should have left you a one-star, not made you a two-star. That's the way promotions typically work in the military, as opposed to in the private sector, 
you have past experiences and you get picked or selected for that, right? You're like, fuck, man, you were, you don't see the dude that ran Enron into the ground getting fucking hired by Google to run their shit, right? Well, so, that's because he, he killed himself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, that's my Bill Gates moment. My Bill Gates moment of the day when he's like, so what about your relationship with Epstein? And he's like, well, he's well, dead. He so himself. I don't know how it matters. <laughs> I was like, man, that was the most autistic response ever. <laughs> it was amazing. That you was also got me on not tape Bill on that Gates. island. Uh, <laughs> the Bill robot, Clinton, Bill not Gates. Bill Gates. Who was Bill Gates? Was it Bill Gates or Bill Clinton? It was Bill Gates. It was Bill Gates. I just saw a thing that said Clinton. I got a Google. No, it was, shit, it was Bill Gates. Maybe I saw I'm the fucking clip. dyslexic. Oh, you know, it was funny. Yeah, I watched the clip and it was hilarious because like Bill Gates got super flippant and goes, "Well, he's dead." So. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah, it was Gates. I read a thing that it was Clinton. That's fucking, I got fake news today, dude. Uh, Well, I mean, Bill and Melissa, you know, they're overseeing all kinds of conspiracy theories. So I understand why the Clinton Foundation and the Gates Foundation might be confusing. (laughs) Dude, I got fucking hardcore uh, (laughs) fake news today. Anyway, uh, point being, you're not going to get... like you're just going to get promoted into those roles in the military, whereas in the real world, it's weird because I mean, ostensibly, past. ostensibly, you're being selected for command based on your past experience. Not really. You're groomed. Though. Yeah, I you're mean, groomed. Not really. You, nobody goes, "Well, fuck, man, this dude crushed it in this battalion. We're going to give him this other battalion." It's, I do. This dude crushed fact, it in this battalion, and we're going to give him a fucking brigade or division. I, or the I do appreciate, though, that the military refers to it as grooming because it's pretty accurate. It's very accurate. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, we, well, found, and, this young, we found this young boy. We're going to stroke his hair. And if he trusts <laughs> us enough, we're going to teach him to pray, right? And, and 90, <laughs> 99 years out of 100, well, maybe not in the, in the U.S., what, four out of 10 years, that works, right? You just fucking shut up color. You send your guys to their training shit. But when you have 20 years of war and you actually want to win, that doesn't work very well. Did we want to win, though? Uh, Maybe not. That's also debatable, right? I remain somewhat convinced watching all of this that the real motivation for everybody was to expand career potential. Like, we created more flag commands. We spent more money. Like, the real goal was people were looking at their careers... Well, how are we going to get promoted if we don't go to war? Well, and how are you going to take care of our families when we retire and we are only getting 50% of our high three? Which yeah. means that we also have to be mindful of things that work better than our troops. Like if I can't train Private Shbedley to fuel a truck, I can pay a million dollars to a company to do it a month That's that right. brings in host nation people. And we can paint it like we're you know, doing good for everybody. Yeah, I mean that's that's a whole other debacle, right? That's kind of And then I'm employable by the company that got the contract, you know, when I retire. Man, uh, the more I think about it, the more I think people stumble into that shit more than they orchestrate it. I definitely don't think that they intentionally orchestrate it. The the beauty of officer incompetence as it's being discussed today is that I don't think that any of the people we're talking badly about have any malice in their heart. I think that they are all turned they all start as lieutenants that wish they were fucking E5s. They don't want to be privates because they're too good for that. No, nobody wants to be a private, man. But they did want to join Nobody has ever looked back and been like, you know what? The days I really enjoyed, <laughs> I was a fucking private. Nobody. 
I definitely know though that like guys who take commissions out of college are taking commissions saying themselves, man, I wish I could have joined as an E5. <laughs> like I, I think most of the dudes that I've bumped into that have had that thought, it wasn't until their team oh four, oh three, oh four. Yeah, once their team time was up, then they're like, fuck man, I chose poorly. Well, I mean, you're thinking about it more longitudinally. What I'm thinking is that most people who look to be, they're looking to get a hero factor out of something. And oh, yeah. they don't want to do the suck work, but they also don't want to be in charge and doing PowerPoints. So, yeah. like, the job that makes the most sense to them is immediate. Can I get a direct non-commission to E6? Just That's what I'm thinking. E5 or E6. Maybe yeah. E5, figure some shit out, and then, like, E6 <laughs> for a year or two. And then I'll, like, kind of run shit as the team daddy. Yep. But, I, but they all believe, like, your garden variety Kuwaiti that they were born into a position of superiority <laughs> that it's, you know, inshallah, like God has willed these lieutenants to be better, smarter, more capable than their enlisted swine peers. I mean, when you're right, you're right. <laughs> but then that gets beat out of them. And then at I don't some think point, it ever does. I think as it, as it starts <laughs> to get beat out of them, they get promoted and don't have to deal with us fucks anymore. Well, and then they're just angry for the rest of their lives. You know, just riding it out to retirement. You know, the guy made fun of me when I was on a team. I'm going to get him. (laughs) I think the smartest dudes are the guys like Worth, though, that did their, they had their fun as an e-dog. And then at like that 10 year mark, they're like, well, so the military is going to pay me to go get a degree. And then I'm going to get a real retirement when I get back. That's the fucking play. I think it's worth noting that. The the guys that I like the most who are officers are guys who are very self-deprecating. They're almost depressed about their job because they recognize the lack of significance and how trying to be good only fucked them. It's like, look, man, if I just shut my mouth and colored a couple times, I would be a general. But because I said the thing, did the thing... So, you know, like I'm still I'm out. buddies with my last team commander. Phenomenal dude, very competent, very goofy dude. Like like his personality is just a goofy funny guy. Uh He was also an MP before he went to Marsoc. So he like immediately gets not blacklisted, but <laughs> everybody's like don't trust that guy. No, He's not no, 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 not in that regard. I mean the other officers. <laughs> cuz cuz when when guys come in the Marines as an officer, they go fucking wherever the Marine Corps needs you, right? You're an MP, boom, you're an MP. Uh, but the other officers judge them, you know? They're like, oh, this guy wasn't enlisted or intel, or enlisted infantry or intel, so, you know, he can't be that good. And, well, that's not really how it works. But anyway, <laughs> so he has essentially, since coming over, he has relegated himself. Uh, when we met, I told him that I fully expected him to put the office in officer and laughed <laughs> and then did it. Uh, but he has fully relegated himself to like, dude, I'm going to be the guy that puts through the fucking paperwork to do the right thing. And he's he's legitimately tried to do that as far as I know every step of the way. And he's been shit on it every turn doing it. but. Those are the types of guys you need where they just go, you know what, man? Like, I'm not the fucking, I'm not Dick Winters. 
that ship has sailed. There's no more WW2. Instead of either chasing the dragon or trying to build this fucking persona, I'm just going to try to actually do the right thing for the organization. And I don't actually think he's done anything for the organization because it's a fucking giant beast. Well, it's, that's it's, gonna no, it's, a, it does, it's an upside you know? down fucking cake, whatever. Like, it's like, yeah. hey, man, check this out. If these motherfuckers put half the effort into fucking their wives that they put into fucking their subordinates, everyone would be happier. You know what I mean? It's like in the podcast. (laughs) It's true though, right? It's like, hey man, if you would just take fucking 10 minutes a day to bang your old lady, I guarantee you, you'd be way less eager to fucking rage out on the dude that embarrassed you. Uh, Dude, if you're, I mean, I don't, do we want to go down that road? (laughs) No, certainly don't. When you're um, an officer, no, I mean you're in 100% your Majesty's right. service, it only takes one. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we're going to end uh, another episode. Of, is this the Die Living podcast? No one knows. It's it's is this the bottom Doug, of the barrel. Brent Doug, Doug, Brent Doug Doug how many listens do we? Yeah, how many listens do we get on five. the last couple? <laughs> no way. I know. Is it five? I don't know. I haven't looked at the metrics. I hope it's five. <laughs> did you uh i've been watching that steve martin show only murders in the building where they start a podcast and it's hilarious and they're like we have 17 members we have 17 subscribers and he goes is that good and the other guy's like no it's terrible <laughs> <laughs> that's a hundred percent our podcast there's yeah, 38 people that listen to this holy uh, shit dude kim sent me a video uh this week of this it's like a parody like a dude who does like multi-act stuff with himself he just dresses differently and it was called dudes talking an ode to like to middle-aged podcasts and it's like so today on two dudes talking we're just going to talk about some stuff and you guys are going to listen and there's two uh, him as two other dudes listening like this is awesome i love listening to these two dudes talking <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, oh man, it is. Kim literally sent me and was like, oh, it's every one of your podcasts. And I'm like, no joke. Ac- accurate. He's like, yeah, but 38 people listen. Ugh. 17. They all knew. <laughs> they know who I am. Exactly. They asked about me in an elevator once. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I received threatening phone calls from them. <laughs> I, I love that part, dude. Was that in the pre-roll or was that in the... Uh... No, that was, that, was, that was in the we haven't recorded this yet. <laughs> God. All right, I'm going to hit stop. <laughs> <laughs>